0: it's good to take stock before the year starts. And I want to take a bit of a focus this morning about what will best help us as we enter into a new year. Now, I was talking to somebody, I've been talking to somebody over a period of time, and they don't read the Old Testament. They only read the New Testament, they say it's the New Covenant, we don't need the Old, so they don't read it. But let me tell you, the Old Testament is full of examples that help us. And so this morning I want to talk a little bit about Joshua. Joshua was the guy who had that really easy job of following Moses. I just cannot imagine what he felt like the day God says, I'm going to take Moses And you are going to take over. And he was thinking, man, alive. Can you imagine? Now, I know Boris isn't Moses. But can you imagine for a moment if you were asked to lead the country next week because Boris is stepping down and you have been appointed? What would go through your mind? You'd think, man, alive. How am I going to do this? How will I get through doing that? And Joshua, he made this statement to the people. He said to the people, follow the Lord, because we have not been this way before. Now, there's a really good example of how God gets us to trust him. The Israelites, when they left Egypt, they had 40 years in a desert. Those 40 years in the desert, God provided for their food every day. It says their sandals and their clothes didn't wear out and no diseases struck them. Now, there was no other period in history where God so looked after his people. And yet, they didn't know where they were going. Every morning they would get up, they would look at the cloud. At night it was a pillar of fire. They would look at the cloud or the pillar of fire and if it moved on, they would follow God. They were taught every single day you need to trust God. If they took the manna and they put it in a jar, the next day it had maggots in. What's God saying? God says, trust me every single day. I mean the Lord's prayer is like that, isn't it? Give me this day our daily bread. I've often wanted to pray, Lord, give me this year everything that I need. God says, no, Simon, come to me every single day. I'm a daily God. I want to be invested in your life. And you know, the amazing thing is, did you know you were called to greatness? Do you know that? Kind of silence. You were created for greatness. How do we know that? Well, my Bible reading, I'm in Genesis again. So every year I read through the Bible, I'm in Genesis, and in Genesis, when you look at the creation, it says that when God made things, everything is made after its own kind. Yeah, everything, the trees, and it says after their own kind, the animals after their own kind, and it goes on. But when it gets to human beings, it says, and man was made in the image and the likeness of God. We were not just made after our own kind. We reflect the image and the glory of God. What does that mean? It means that God intended us to be like him. We're not like the animals. Actually, you know, it should be an insult when people call us animals because we are not We are made in the image and the likeness of God and the height of a human being is when his life or her life reflects the image and the glory of Jesus Christ. That is what we are called to. It's not an accident. That is how God created us and he says, I want you to reflect who I am because I've made you in my image. You know, I have two children. And sometimes it's a bit scary when you see them do exactly what you do. If you're a parent, if you heard your kids say something, you think, Man, when we were younger, with Zoe and James, we always said, if you do that, it has consequences. And I remember the day that Zoe said to James, when she was a lot younger, she said, James, if you do that, it has consequences. <laughs> I don't think she knew what the word meant at the time, but... You know, we are made in God's image. And and I want you at the start of this year to have that understanding. We are not flesh and bone alone. We are spirit. This body is the seed of the body that is to come. We are eternal creatures which animals are not. And God has designed for us something good. Now back to Joshua. Joshua said, We've not been down this road before, and I think his advice that we need to follow God is really good because God has never ever steered anybody in the wrong direction. If you've managed to read through the Old Testament last year, and you went through all, you know, you've got Kings, Kings, you've got Samuel, Samuel, Kings, Kings, Chronicles, and Chronicles, all about the Israelite kings. You'll notice that they were okay while they followed God, but as soon as they followed their own thoughts, or as soon as they followed other humans, it all went pear-shaped. And so we've got these amazing testimonies that God will go before us and we follow him. We are not depressed, we are not despondent. I know it's not been easy. I know that people have gone to glory because of COVID, because of other things in this season, but we are not depressed because we continue to look to Jesus. We are not despondent because Jesus is still Jesus. He's still on the throne. He knows what he's doing. His appointed time of returning draws ever closer, and we live knowing that he loves us. I was reading this in Psalm 145 this week. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. You know, he's kind. God is kind to you this morning. He's kind in what he does. Now, Joshua He had this amazing example of Moses who'd led the Israelites for 40 years in the desert. And at the end of that 40 years, Moses went to glory. Joshua was appointed and he had to lead them in the promised land. Now, it was a different task. But you know what? I imagine 40 years of watching what Moses did helped him a lot. And he learnt his hardest lesson right at the beginning. One of the things I love about Moses is Moses, whenever there was a problem, you will hear Moses say, what shall I do, God? He never decided on his own that he knew what was right. He always said, what shall I do, God? And there is an instance at the beginning of Joshua's um, leadership where he doesn't ask God that question and he goes through what's called the Gibeonite deception. And that was a people who lived round the corner who pretended to live away, far away. They came and they made a treaty with the Israelites and they became a thorn in their side. And it was all because he did not say, what shall I do, God? But I imagine it changed from that point onwards. Moses was an amazing example. Any problem? Lord, what do I do? And when God gave an answer that he didn't like. He changed it. Did you know that? God says, I'm going to destroy all of these people because they never listen." to Moses. He said, don't do that. Don't do that. And he convinced God not to destroy the people. He didn't just do it once. He did it a number of times. Think about that for a moment. The power that Moses exerted In praying to God and saying, God, don't do this, but do that. And asking God, what should I do here? And that's how he succeeded. You've got to think, Moses led around one and a half million people through a desert with no sat-nav, with no smartphone. Yeah. He didn't have all the logistics. He didn't have a bunch of uh, trucks. He didn't have any public transport. He had to take those people through. How did he do it? By consistently asking God, what do I do here? And I tell you, he did some amazing things. When they needed water, he hit a rock. Have you ever tried that? Oh, I'm really thirsty. Let's go and smack that rock over there and see what happens. You know what? We will do amazing things as we ask God on a day-by-day basis, what should I be doing here? It helps us to learn to live with God. You see, God wants to be involved in your life, not just on a Sunday. He wants to be involved in your life every single day. That's why the prayer that the Lord taught us was about give us this day our daily bread. We learn to walk with him. And Moses He was the kind of guide for Joshua. And then when Moses went, God became that. Moses learned how to dwell in the tent of meeting. You know, God leads his people. Now, I'm going to make a massive distinction here. The people who don't know God cannot receive the promises that he has made. It's the people who have repented, the people who've turned to God, the people who call themselves followers of Jesus. They are the ones where everything of God is poured out into their life. I think it's amazing what God has promised us. And and Moses makes this comment in Exodus 33. He says this, he says, God, how will the world know that you or that we are different unless your presence is with us? And it's one of the things I'd say for us as Hope Church, that this year, how will the world know that this building, that this group of people is any different from any other religion, from the Hindus and the Sikhs and the Muslims? How will they know that we're any different unless the presence of God is with us? How will they know in your workplace that you are any different unless they see God at work in your life? Now, the New Testament gives the same message. This is the main scripture this morning. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Are you doing that? I want to encourage you to pray about everything. Did you know that God is interested if you lose something? You can say, Lord, where is it? And he'll show you where it is. Our kids know that testimony. We do it time and time again. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Pray about everything. A slightly older translation, the ESV says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then we're told in James, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And then it compares that to Elijah. And then it says, but Elijah was just a human being. He wasn't anything special in that way. In the Lord's Prayer, we're taught to pray, not my will, but your will be done. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. What are we saying here? We're saying that if we want to make the biggest difference in 2022, it will happen only if in everything in prayer, we bring it to God. Before you do anything bring it to God. Dare I say, before you Google it, bring it to God. Before you phone up a friend and say, hey, bring it to God. If we want to see the miracles and the great works that God will do, they will only come as we say, God, I want you involved in this situation. And let me tell you, he will do it. That The challenge often is that we pray those things and we sometimes don't see these things happen. But some of it is we need to be persistent in our praying. Jesus taught really clearly, be persistent when you pray. Pray and pray and pray and bring that down from heaven. Let me tell you a short story about a, a lady. In 1910... A woman was born in North Macedonia. Her name was Gonja Agnes. Anybody know who she is? Jesus spoke to her and said, I want you to be my light to the poorest of the poor. And she said, yes. We know her today because she wore white and blue saris. She's better known as Mother Teresa. By the time of her death in 1997, she left behind around 4,500 nuns, 400 brothers across 87 countries, all of whom look after the poor and sick in the slums in around 160 cities of the world. Think about that. One woman born in North Macedonia. And here's the thing. How did she do this? And she says this. This is from her own mouth. My secret is simple, I pray. That was it. This year, the success of what you do is very simple. You pray. You will be amazed at what happens in prayer. You know, when she died and during her life, Mother Teresa had two saris in a bucket. That's all she owned. Everything else was invested in serving Jesus Christ. Why am I mentioning her this morning? Well, she had developed a habit. And the habit was to pray. To seek God. To do what God is doing. How can one woman do this? Well, she can't. But she can if God is involved. You can transform the place that you are in, that you work in, that you live in, if Jesus is involved. It requires spending time with Jesus. It's one of the big challenges. You know, there is a sea change coming in how church will operate in the future. I mean, I'm hoping by now you've grasped that everything that we have known is gone out the window. Everything is changing, and whether we will meet like this in a year's time is questionable. Why am I saying all that? Because there are essential things that are really important, and one of the most important things is that every one of us, every day in everything we do, we pray. Doesn't mean we have to sit there hours upon hour upon hour praying, but it means we need to be those that as we walk throughout the day that we're praying. I like the fact that I can pray when I drive, that I can pray when I walk, that I can pray when I hit a problem. I just stop and say, Lord, how do I deal with this? And you know what? God gives an answer. God leads us through. And as we do these things step by step by step, we're not magnifying ourselves, but we are allowing, as I said earlier, that image of God to begin to shine through us and it will change the world. Gonja Agnes, Mother Teresa, one woman born in 1910 without any form of of wealth or, or riches went and she's changed the world. You know, she went and she rebuked the United Nations. She went and she rebuked governments for doing too little and they all closed their mouths when they saw what this woman who was in the image of God did to the poorest of the poor and helped them. And so this morning I want to say to you, in everything by prayer don't dismiss prayer the devil will want you not to pray because it is the most powerful thing that we can do as human beings on this planet when we pray it moves the arm of God it causes things to change and when we pray it is the real work of what a believer does you know when Jesus went to heaven the believers got together and they devoted themselves to prayer. When the Holy Spirit had been poured out, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, the apostles' teaching, fellowship and prayer. I'm going to say more about that, not today, but as time goes on in the next few weeks. Because those four things are the most crucial things that we do as believers. We need to understand the teaching of Jesus, We need to make sure that we are in a relationship with other people that is personal and accountable and and that supports. We need to make sure that we break bread together and that we pray. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Prayer. Spend time with God. That's, That's my biggest message to you this year. Spend time with God. I know it's not going to be easy because it means you have to invest. But spend time with God. Every day, set aside some time to be with God alone. Open your Bible. Read what you see there. If verses uh, speak to you, write down what they're saying and how they apply. Pray them back to God and spend some time in prayer. And in that prayer time, some time listening to God. That's the most essential thing. And if we do that, we will see God lead us through another year. And we'll be standing here at the beginning of 2023 saying, wow, hasn't God been good?